Welcome to the Think Podcast with Joel Sedeckes. I'm Joel Sedeckes, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. There are still a few days left if you want to enter our book drawing for the book Myth and Meaning in Jordan Peterson, edited by Ron Dart, put out by Lexham Press. I'm going to be giving this book away very soon, and you have a chance to enter yourself in that drawing simply by leaving an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to engage with the Think Institute, simply go to thethink.institute, and while you're there, sign up for the Think Update. Now, without any further ado, let's talk about why did Jesus want to die? Was the death of Jesus an accident, or was it all part of his plan? First of all, we have to ask whether Jesus was the kind of man to whom things happened accidentally. Upon quick examination of the Gospels, we see that, no, he was not. He was a highly intentional, strategic, and philosophical genius. There was no question that Jesus was highly intelligent, Even his enemies, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes who hated him, never accused him of being a dummy. How could they? Jesus constantly outwitted them in verbal confrontation, and he kept himself at least one step ahead of their murderous machinations throughout his three years of ministry. Now, the enemies of Christ were no intellectual slouches themselves. So for Jesus to constantly best them... Well, that really shows that we're not talking about a man with any shortage in the wit and savvy departments. Then, when you look at how he intuitively read people's situations and came with just the right words to provoke and comfort them in exactly the right way, you see that he was not only a philosophical and strategic genius, but he was also a master at reading the human heart. See John 2.25. So, in all his interactions and movements, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He also proved that he could evade capture and death when he wanted to, as recorded in Luke 4, 29 and 30. Now, when you go further and examine the final period of time leading up to his death, you see that he actually predicted his own death, including the circumstances around it, to such a degree that one fact becomes abundantly clear to the reader. If Jesus wanted to avoid death, then he sure chose a peculiar peculiar way of doing so. You can look up the following verses to see where Jesus did that, or click on the link in this article to read them all. Verses where Jesus predicts his death. And if you have a Bible, I encourage you to look up these verses. Or again, if you're reading the article on the website, you can click on the link to read them all. Matthew 16, 21 through 28. Mark 8, 31 through 33. Mark 9, 30 through 32. Luke 9, 22 through 27. Matthew 20, 17 through 19, 
Matthew 26, 1-2, and John 12, 23-24. So then, Jesus certainly knew what was coming to him, and he made no attempt to avoid it. Rather, he intentionally directed his ministry in such a way that he would be led directly to the very death he was predicting. There can be no mistake. Jesus fully intended to die. Now, why did he intend to die? There are three reasons. Jesus died to fulfill God's word. Jesus died to ascend to God's throne. And Jesus died to save God's people. Jesus died to fulfill God's word. When Jesus referred to himself as the Messiah, for example, in John 4.26, he was identifying himself as the one who would reign. Messiah means anointed one, signifying a king, but who would also rescue his people. As the following prophecies make clear, the way that that would be accomplished would be for the Messiah to experience death in order to transcend death and conquer it. The scriptures of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, contain myriad predictions of the death of the Messiah. This is important because, as Minor Raymond has written, quote, No being but God, and they to whom he has revealed it, can certainly foretell a future event. When any man, therefore, does pre-announce what is conditioned solely upon the foreknowledge of God, and it comes to pass as foretold, it must be either an instance of accidental coincidence or a revelation from God. If a series of prophecies relating to a long, continued series of events, in which case accidental coincidence is impossible, be uttered, and thereafter, in proper time, be accurately fulfilled, the prophecy with its fulfillment is conclusive proof that the prophet spoke and wrote as he was moved by the Holy Ghost. It has been pointed out, now this is no no longer the quote, it has been pointed out that the entire Levitical sacrificial system of ancient Israel pointed to the coming sacrificial death of the priest-king Messiah. However, there are at least 25 astonishing predictions about Jesus' death that were specifically made hundreds of years beforehand. Let's talk about those now. Twenty-five astonishing predictions about Jesus' death made hundreds of years beforehand. 1. He would be betrayed by a friend who ate his bread. Psalm 41.9 says, Even my friend in whom I trusted, one who ate my bread, has raised his heel against me. This is fulfilled in Mark 14.10 and 32-42. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. Jesus said, One of you will betray me one who is eating with me, the one who is dipping bread 
in the bowl with me. Two, he would be valued at just 30 silver coins. Recorded in Zechariah 11, 12, and 13 is this prediction. Then I said to them, If it seems right to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. So they weighed my wages 30 pieces of silver. Later on it says, The Lord said to me, This magnificent price I was valued by them. Now this is fulfilled in Matthew 26, 15. What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? That's the question of Judas. So they weighed out 30 pieces of silver for him. Prediction 3. The coins would be thrown into the temple and would go to a potter. Zechariah 11.13 said this, Throw it to the potter, the Lord said to me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw it into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now this is fulfilled in Matthew 27, 5 and 7. Quote, So he threw the silver into the temple and departed. They conferred together and bought the potter's field with it. In other words, they took the coins and gave them to the potter. Prediction four, he remained silent. Jesus remained silent while being treated unjustly. In Isaiah 53, it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. This is fulfilled in Matthew 27, 12, that says, While he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he didn't answer. Prediction 5, he would be hated without cause. Psalm 67, 9 says, Those who hate me without cause are, are more numerous than the hairs of my head. Fulfilled in Luke 23, 4. Quote, Pilate then told the chief priests and the crowds, I find no grounds for charging this man. End quote. Prediction 6. He would be surrounded and mocked by strong men. Psalm 22, 12 says this, Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. And then verse 16 says, For dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. Now, bulls, that signifies strong men, and dogs, that signifies Gentiles. This is fulfilled in Mark 15, 16, 19, 16 through 19, that says, quote, The soldiers led him away and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisting together a crown of thorns and put it on him. Then they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! They were hitting him and uh, hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. End quote. Prediction 7. He would have pierced hands and feet. Psalm 22.16, which is a passage that was written long before crucifixion was even a thing, says this, They pierced my hands and feet. This is fulfilled in Mark 15.24 that says, Then they crucified him. Prediction 8. He would commit his spirit to God. Psalm 31.5 says, Into your hand I entrust my spirit. This is fulfilled in Luke 23.46, which reads, And Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. Saying this, he breathed his last. Prediction 9. He would be scourged. 
Isaiah 53, 5 reads, By his wounds, that's referring to scourging, we are healed. And that's fulfilled in Matthew 27, 26. Then he released Barabbas to them. Then Pontius Pilate released Barabbas to them. After having Jesus flogged, handing him over to be crucified. Flogged equals scourged. Prediction 10. He would be placed among criminals. Isaiah 53 says, a 53:12 says, he was counted among the rebels. And that's fulfilled in Luke 23:33 when they arrived at the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One on the right and one on the left. Prediction 11, his bones would not be broken. Psalm 34.20 says, quote, he, prote- he protects all his bones. Not one of them is broken. End quote. Exodus 12.46 had previously said, you may not take any of the meat outside the house and you may not break any of its bones. That's a, that's a passage referring to the Passover the Passover lamb. In other words, Jesus is the Passover lamb. And that's fulfilled in John 19, 33 through 36, that says, when they came to Jesus, they did not break his legs since they saw that he was already dead. For these things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Prediction 12, he would go to his death willingly. Isaiah 53, 12 says, Therefore, I give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted himself to death. This is fulfilled in John 10, 18, that says, This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, so that I may take it up again. Prediction 13, he would be condemned to death, with the wicked, but he would be with the rich man at his death instead because he had taught and lived righteously. Now, how about that for a very specific prediction? Well, Isaiah 53, 9 says this, he was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. So there you go. It's a very specific prediction. And it's fulfilled in Matthew 27, verses 57 through 60. When it was evening, a rich man named Joseph came, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. So Joseph took the body and placed it in his new tomb. Prediction 14. He would be gazed at by residents of Jerusalem, Who would pierce him? Again, very specific. But Zechariah 12.10 says this, The residents of Jerusalem will look at me whom they have pierced, whom they pierced. And that's fulfilled in John 19.20 and 34, which read, Many of the Jews read this sign that was placed above Jesus' head because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Prediction 15. He would be mocked for not being saved. Psalm 
22, 7 and 8 read this. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him, since he takes pleasure in him. That's fulfilled in Mark 15, 29 and 30, which read, Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! The one who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. Prediction 16. He would be mocked by those who accused him. Now that's made in Psalm 109, verse 25, which reads, I have become an object of ridicule to my accusers. And that's fulfilled in Mark 15, 31, which reads, In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves. The very ones who accused Jesus were mocking him. Prediction 17, he would be offered gall. Psalm 69, 21 reads, Instead, they gave me gall for my food. And that's fulfilled in Mark 15, 23, where it reads, They gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. Prediction 18 is that he would be offered vinegar. And Psalm 69, 21, it also says, And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. And that's fulfilled in Luke 23, 36. A totally different passage than the previous prediction, prediction 17 about Gaul. And that reads this. They came offering him sour wine. Sour wine is vinegar wine. It's vinegar. Prediction 19. His garments were divided among those nearby. Psalm 22, verses 17 and 18 say this. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves. And that was fulfilled in John 19, verses 23 and 24, which reads like this. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier. Prediction 20 is that lots would be cast for his clothing. In the old days, lots were basically... Uh, drawing lots was basically like casting dice, rolling dice. Psalm 22, verse 18 says, And they cast lots for my clothing. And that was fulfilled in John 19, verse 24, which says, They also took the tunic and said to one another, Let's cast lots for it to see who gets it. There's a little ellipses there between let's and cast, but you can go and read the whole passage in John 19, 24. Now, the remaining four prophecies, predictions, have to do with the specific theological significance of his death. So, number 21, he would destroy the work of the devil, receiving a fatal wound in the process. Genesis 3.15 says that the offspring of the woman would wound the serpent's head. The serpent is a stand-in for Satan while the serpent himself would wound his heel. In other words, what happens if a serpent wounds your heel, a a, a poisonous serpent, well, you die. Now, it's interesting here that it's said that that the Messiah, the, the coming Savior, would be the offspring of the woman. This is a prediction that was given to Eve in particular, 
And what that means is that he would be human, but it's interesting that specifically the woman and not the man is mentioned. It's very interesting, given the fact that Jesus is recorded as having only a human mother, not a human father. In other words, he's the offspring of the woman. Now, this was fulfilled, of course, when Jesus died on the cross, the theological significance of which is recorded in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8b, the second half of the verse, which says, The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Prediction 22 is that his method of death would bring a curse on him. Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23 say this, For a hanged man is a curse, is cursed by God. And that's, the significance of that is explained in Galatians 3, 13, that says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Now, of course, a cross is just a great big tree. Prediction 23. He would give up his soul as an offering for sin. Well, Isaiah 53.10 says, Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, speaking to the Lord, he will see his seed, or his offspring, he will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. So Mark, uh, this is fulfilled in Mark 10, 45, that says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then in Romans 3, 25, it says that God publicly presented Jesus. It says that God publicly presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in forbearance he left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. In other words, um, here we've got Jesus giving up his soul as an offering for sin, as an atonement offering. Prediction 24. His death would be on behalf of his people. Isaiah 53.5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And that is explained in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And final prediction, number 25. He would repay a debt he didn't incur. Psalm 69.4 says, Though I did not steal, I must repay. And that is explained in Colossians 2.14. Quote, He erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. End quote. Jesus died to ascend to God's throne. In Hebrews 12.2, we learn that, quote, For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, 
and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. End quote. The death of Jesus accomplished the plan that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had set in motion before the world began. When Jesus, who was God in the flesh, but still very much fully man, completely obeyed God in that way, he became the first and only man in cosmic history to earn right standing before God. As God, he had every right to his spot on the throne in terms of reigning. As man, he had opened the way for man, mankind, to enjoy that kind of close fellowship with God. And we know this because Jesus promised that his disciples would also get to sit on the throne with him. And we know this when, when Jesus, from when Jesus says, quote, To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I also conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne. Revelation 3.21 There is an incredible and unprecedented intimacy with God that is now available to mankind. That is, all of mankind who overcomes by faith in Christ. See also 1 John 5, verse 4b which says, quote, This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith, end quote. And now, this brings us to the third reason Jesus wanted to die. Jesus died to save God's people. The death Jesus died was one that atoned for the sins of all God's people, everyone who would ever believe in Jesus, in the past, present, and future. So, the Apostle Paul, who became a Christian after the death of Christ, could nonetheless accurately say in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, quote, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The death, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. End quote. And if Paul, the self-proclaimed chief of sinners, could say that, so can every follower of Jesus say that today. It's not that Jesus was looking forward to the experience of death. We know explicitly that this was not the case. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he died, he prayed that, if it were possible, the cup of his impending death would be taken from him. Rather, Jesus wanted to die because of what led up to his death, the numerous prophecies, and what lay beyond the death the salvation of his people, and his own glorious exaltation. The significance of his death is beyond question. His intention beyond, uh, behind his death is also indisputable. He wanted to die. His life was given as a gift from God to God's people. All that remains to answer is whether we, 
given the opportunity to do so, we'll lay down our lives and receive it. Subscribe to the Think Update for tips and tools to help you explain, share, and defend your faith. If you want to become a prayer and financial partner with my family, as we are missionaries with Crew Church Movements, simply go to give.crew.org slash 1018841. You can book me to speak by going to thethink.institute slash contact. I do trainings at churches and speak at special events. And of course, we encourage you to engage with the Think Institute simply by going to thethink.institute. Connect with us on social media. And just another reminder, please leave us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And that really helps get the word out about our show. Thank you so much for listening. This is not goodbye. This is this has just been a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey. And I sincerely hope that your faith has been strengthened. If you don't have faith in Jesus, I hope that this has moved you one step closer toward repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus who died for sinners like you and me. As I record this, it is Good Friday, and I hope you have an excellent Good Friday, a wonderful and Um, worshipful Holy Saturday and a celebratory and amazing, incredible Resurrection Sunday. Until next time, I hope this made you think.